Good morning, and welcome to Jew in the City Speaks with your host, Allison Josephs, also known as Jew in the City. Um, I have probably a little bit less um, energy or happiness in my voice this week. Um, I'm actually um, trying to fight back tears. I will try to um, speak clearly um, as I speak about um, a friend and mentor that um, I lost personally this week, that um, the, the Orthodox Jewish world, the Jewish world, the world at large lost this week. Um, her name was Rachi Sharitz. Um, I first uh, came to meet her in 2012. She was one of our Orthodox Jewish all-stars. This was back when we made our original video. It was before we opened up nominations to the public. We were just looking for exceptional Orthodox Jews who had reached the peaks of their careers and doing some research. There was buzz. There's some woman that was a Supreme Court clerk, the first Orthodox woman Supreme Court clerk, Ruth Just Ruth uh, Just Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. There we go. Um, and and I heard that she had gotten cancer though, and and then she left her law field and she started an organization called Sharsheret. Um, at the time, I hadn't really tried to grow Jew in the city too much organizationally, and so I didn't understand what it meant to grow an organization to the extent that she um, grew um, Sharsheret now that I'm in the midst of it and dealing with boards and fundraising and um, people telling you that you can't. Um, I, I realized that the, the real all-star part of her was uh, creating something so big um, from nothing at all. Because every time I would tell people over the years, I want to start this, I want to do that, they'd say, oh, just join something pre-existing. So to start something from nothing is really extraordinary. And to dedicate your life to helping other people is really extraordinary. Um, so Rachi and I met um, filming this All Stars video. And um, we filmed her on the steps of uh, the Hackensack Courthouse near where she lived in Teaneck, New Jersey. Um, and she was um, just full of light and sunshine. And it was a freezing cold day, um, but you couldn't see it on her face. Um, she just loved to ham it up in front of the camera like I do as well. And she was a pleasure to work with. And um, we, you know, the video... Uh, um, came out and we uh, got a great, um, lots of great feedback and lots of inspiration from the different accomplishments of these people. And um, Rachel reached out to me afterwards and she told me she's going to help me grow Jew in the city. Um, she recommended that I go on this program, ROI, part of the Schusterman Foundation she had as well. It was one of the best recommendations that she made because this organization has helped me and Jew in the city tremendously. And when I got back from ROI, she said, I'm going to mentor you now. And no one had ever made such an offer to me. I didn't even know like what it meant exactly. But um, we sat down for a meeting and she was just so, you know, matter of fact, this is how you're going to do this. I said, I'm not sure. Or, or, are we a really a nonprofit? Maybe there's a way I can get out of fundraising. Maybe there's a way that I can just, we can earn revenue. I just don't really want to fundraise. And she said, Allison, Jew in the city exists for the greater good. This is a 501c3. You are pregnant with um, an organization that is you're about to birth and don't hold it back. Let it come out as it needs to. It's almost ready. Um, and she was just so matter of fact and so sure that, um, that I could do this, that we could do this. Um, and she, you know, sort of answered at what point do you hire your admin and at what point do you start hiring full-time staff? Um, we actually just made our first full-time hire this past Friday. Um, it's a wonderful woman, Ricky Katz, um, 
God willing, we're going to do great things together. Um, and I said to my husband on Sunday morning, oh, I really need to call her um, to let her know, you know, that we finally got to that point. And a few hours later, I got news that um, she had passed away on Shabbos. And today joining us to speak more about um, Rachi is um, an old and good friend of hers and someone who worked with her uh, when Charsharit first began, um, who actually benefited from the program herself, um, and someone who can uh, hopefully give me a pause so I can cry silently now. Um, her name is Sarah Olshan, and Sarah, thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, really, my pleasure. I uh, love talking about Rachi because, you know, I can't say her name without smiling. She's, um, she was a very positive person, a po very positive force in, I think, both of our lives and I think everyone whose lives she touched. Um, and she created an incredible organization and I think also set the bar for how organizations should be run um, for our community and I think really in, in the United States. So can you let us know when, when you and uh, Rachi first met, first connected? So we moved into Teaneck at the same time. I think we moved in really at the, really at the very same time. And we both didn't have, we're the only ones that had a carpool for our children at the same nursery school. So we immediately carpooled and then realized we lived very close to each other and that we had children both the same age. And we just became very quick friends. Um, we just, we clicked immediately and um, spent a lot of time together. And when uh, Rookie was diagnosed... How, how um, far, how much you know, after when you first met her was that until the diagnosis? Uh, about two years, mm -hmm. or maybe a little less. Mm -hmm. uh, and, um, you know, all of her, she had lots of friends and uh, just having that kind of personality. And, and, you know, we all took turns doing different things for the family and, and for her. And I remember when she said to me, you know, I had this idea to to do this organization that it helps young Jewish women with breast cancer. What do you think? And I said, I'm in. You know, right, you know, whatever you say. And I, we had the first uh, uh, meeting um, around her dining room table. It was about maybe six of us. And um, she came, you know, and at that point, Maybe, you know, she was 28, maybe we were 30. It, we had organized, you know, um, Shalach Mahler's for the school. We organized maybe things like, of that nature. But we didn't really know what she had in mind. And she came downstairs with these, you know, typed and bullet-pointed outlines for the meeting. <laughs> I don't think any of us were, <laughs> were expecting something like that. And, and that's when we realized, you know, this is something different. This isn't just nice idea this is this is she has something in her mind she has a vision and we have and you can either get on board or just say i can't handle it but uh i think everybody at that table got on board and um and i'm just to watch the organization grow the way it has it's been such uh inspiration and really um i've learned so much so you were involved a little bit at the beginning with pr you had mentioned to me before yeah, I, it was all run by volunteers at that point, so I volunteered try, um, doing some PR. And uh, at the time, it was very hard to try to get someone to write an article about Charcheret. Um Writing about Jewish breast cancer was not something that a lot of um, Jewish organizations wanted to talk about. Uh, but I remember with one organization in particular, I explained to them, they said, well, what's, you know, what's Jewish about this? Why is this an Orthodox 
issue. And I said, well, it might be difficult for a woman who's just had surgery to go to the mikvah and, and you know, she might be embarrassed about it or something. And they're like, oh, hmm. okay. And then they, they saw an angle and, and, and decided, okay, maybe we should write about that. So um, she really revolutionized and, and, the conversation. Yes, and she also wrote, um, she wanted to reach out to every arm of uh, Judaism, and she went to Hasidic community, and it was very difficult there because you had to very much shy away from, you couldn't write, certainly couldn't write breast, couldn't write cancer. You had to kind of write an article in which it, some people would understand. Amazing. And, um, yeah, <laughs> and um, she would go to bungalow colonies in the summer and 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 speak there and uh, change her mode of dress because she understood the message was more important than than you know than anything else. She just wanted to help. It didn't. She didn't have to help people exactly like her. She wanted to help everybody who this was going to affect. So what uh, you said, you know, and, and I, I saw this too. What Sorry? did she do when people tried to tell her that something wasn't going to work? Did she she faced opposition at first? Well, she would say, well, she would try to understand it. So why do you think this isn't going to work? And they would give their opinion. And then she would counter, said, well, you know, I think that we can do it this way. And I think it'll work. Mm-hmm. And her drive was, was more, was stronger than the person's opposition. So <laughs> it just blew over. Now, you mentioned also when we spoke earlier that you got involved to help because it was a good cause, and then, unfortunately, you had to use the services yourself. I did. At first, um, in 2002, my sister was diagnosed. I think I, somehow I I really got to see Sharsharit um, in action in that way. Because when you have a, a family member who's diagnosed, you know, you want to help them, but you know, there's, there's not that much that you can do, really. I mean, you can do things, but you see, they really need to talk to somebody who's been through this. And um, I put my sister in touch with, with uh, Rochi, and Rochi found her, you know, someone who would just be right for her, a wonderful link. Mm-hmm. And um, and I remember seeing the look on my sister's face after her having had that conversation was completely different. Mm-hmm. It's in a totally different place. And that's something that, you know, Sharshara can do that, you know, even, you know, your best friend necessarily can't do for you. Hmm. Wow. Um, and, and I'm just reading these different, you know, tributes online that people are writing about her. Um, according to uh, Wikipedia, um, they have responded to more than 40,000 breast cancer inquiries since 2001. Involved more than 3,800 peer supporters, presented over 250 educational programs nationwide. Um, any any other stories or anecdotes that um, you think our audience would uh, enjoy hearing about Rachi? As, as a person, she was she was very funny, and she loved to laugh. And as her sister pointed out at the funeral yesterday, she was silly. And and, and it was, you know, rarely can you meet somebody who can, you know, clerk for Supreme Court justice run a national organization and also be funny and silly and, and enjoy it. I, I think she also was so present. She was in the moment, and I think that's also a lesson I try to learn, to be positive and to be in the moment. And she went the extra mile for um, her friends and her family, always really doing the extra mile, thinking, how can I make this person, you know, happy today? How, what can I do to make to show them that I love them? And, you know, 
that that's just priceless. And I think that's why she has so so many friends and and so many people who are so bereft at at her loss. She inspired people. She gave people chizuk. Um, and uh, and I I think she'll continue to inspire. I think really that's that I think is is kind of her legacy. Yeah. I think even when you think about her, you don't necessarily feel sad. You feel that tribe that she wanted to inspire you to continue your organization. So I think in that way, we can continue to live on in all of us. I mean, I am feeling sad still, um, but it, it, it's true. It does give me, um, because I, you know, I spoke to her um, a few months ago and I mean, her attitude definitely was, you know, you don't wallow, just keep... You just keep charging forward. I believe I read somewhere that she like ran a marathon with stage four cancer. Is this correct? Do you know if this? Oh yes. Um, <laughs> she was stage four for six years. That's very unusual. It's usually about two. And she did a triathlon for, uh, with um, stage four. She was, you know, she she pushed herself. She pushed herself. Um, I, you know, I she didn't had realize until she... mind over matter. I didn't realize until she had passed that when I met her, she had cancer. She looked like she was just full of life and full of energy. And I mean, and when I spoke to her, when I, I heard a few months ago that it had taken a turn for the worst, um, and she was calling me to mentor me again and to give me some more advice, I said, my voice kind of cracked a little bit, and I said, I'm so sorry to hear that, you know, the direction this has gone. And she said, what are we going to do? Stop and waste time all day talking about cancer? Come on, let's let's go forward. And um, I, you know, one of her friends, um, he's a, a best-selling um, author, Brad Meltzer, I read on Facebook. Um, it was a touching tribute. He wrote, I don't even know how to say this one, so here it is. My dear friend Rachel, Rachel Shores passed away after her long battle with breast cancer. I met her when we were in law school. When my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer, it was Rachel, um, Rachel who was the person I leaned on. She held my hand through all of it, and it wasn't just me. When she was first diagnosed herself at the young age of 28, instead of just giving up, she started Shersheret to help other young women with breast cancer. It became so big, by the time my mother was diagnosed, Shersheret pamphlets were on the doctor's main desk. To this day, if you need help or advice, Shersheret is there. On top of that, when we graduated law school, she was a clerk of, for the Supreme Court Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. But since Rochelle was Orthodox, the first Orthodox woman law clerk to serve there, she has to do in five and a half days what everyone else does in seven. Arg. No matter how much I write, I'll never capture her. Rochelle was a lion. She was funny. She did the New York triathlon with stage four breast cancer. She was unstoppable. Indeed, when I wrote Heroes from My Daughter beside my mom and grandmother, the only hero in there who I actually knew was Rochelle. She always inspired me. How are you doing? I would ask. Except for dying from breast cancer, I'm great, she'd reply with a smile. Strong, fearless, and always herself. That's what great women are made of. I love you and miss you, Rush. For those who want to make a donation in her honor, you can go to shersherit.org. Um, and then he wrote again after the funeral, massive hugs to all who sent good wishes and thoughts about the passing of our friend Russell Shorts. The funeral was amazing and devastating and a testament to all she's accomplished. In fact, in all my years of going to funerals, I've never seen a rabbi or priest actually cry. At Rochelle's, I saw him break down, which just shows you how deeply connected she was with her community. Of course, the real lesson is the most obvious. Go hug your loved ones tonight. Personally, I'm so glad I get to share this with you. Not just the good stuff, but the hard and difficult moments, too. That's what makes us truly intertwined. 
Um, <laughs> I hope I can go on and continue the show right now. Um, as an example, as a Kiddush Hashem example, this guy that wrote this up, Brad Meltzer, he does not appear to be uh, extremely observant, but um, the way that she lived her life as a person that lived her dreams and showed people that she could do in five and a half days what they did in seven because Shabbos was a commitment to her. Um, you know, that's what being an Orthodox Jewish all-star is to us. That's why we uh, selected her. And um, when I met with her after the, the video and the party, she expressed to me how uh, meaningful it was to her and for her to show to her sons um, that, you know, you could have big dreams and um, stay connected to your observance. And But she also lived a life of service um, to, you know, provide for people. I read also somewhere, there was a news article a few months ago that um, she was already coming up with the notes for Sharshara in the doctor's office of her first appointment. She was sitting there and thinking about oh, yeah. what she was missing and um, and thought what she should give to um, to other people. So, um, Michelle, how are you? How are you? How are you? are on chemo. How do you organize? Uh, how do you have time? You know, to uh, organize uh, an organization. <laughs> Anyone who's ever been at this, she's like. Waiting in your doctor's office, I have plenty of time. I mean, if anyone has ever been so catering, you wait a really long time to see the doctor. So, um, it's, uh, yeah, that was her, her joke to her doctor. But, uh, yeah. Well, thank you so one. much for um, for again, joining us today and for to um, for sharing your uh, you know personal story and um, giving us a little bit more of uh, an inside look into this um, amazing woman and. Um, May her memory be for a blessing. Amen. Thank you. I wanted to get more of Rachi's friends to come on and speak about her. And people are so kind of overwhelmed with their grief that one person just said they you know, couldn't come on and talk at all. The other one said uh, she couldn't talk, but she was willing to give me something in writing so that I get the, the job of getting to read this to you. This is one of uh, Rachi's closest friends, Jennifer Miller. And this was the Hesped, this was the eulogy that she read at, earlier this week at Rachi's funeral. As I try to do the impossible by representing so many close friends here, I hear Rachi's voice saying in my head, we can do this, Hashem will help. And then I remember that Rachi guided me. Shortly before Passover, I sent her a note, and based on her reply, which included, you should read that at my funeral, I know she'd be okay if I shared a modified version with you now. Dear Rachi, there is no way to adequately express the blessing you are in my life. Your outlook on everything is the smartest, quickest, most insightful, and as a result, often the funniest I know. You have a way of looking at a situation simply and clearly, but also flipping it on its head. There is humor everywhere, in unimaginable and dark places. You make me laugh like no one else. A couple months ago, after the first radiation treatment, we were walking back to the car and you said that you had been thinking about the structure of the morning prayer service, how Moda'ani is about the self. I woke up. I am here. Adon Alam is about God, recognize the cre recognizing the creator ultimately in control of the universe. And Shema Israel is connecting us to a community, thereby creating a sense of mutual responsibility. And as you pointed out, that can give us a lot of work to do, but it also ensures us that we are never alone. This idea and the fact that it was on your mind at that time was so moving to me that I immediately wrote it down on my phone. And I think those three levels define you. 
Modaani, you are here. You are the most present person I know. You are aware of your talents and the sense of responsibility that comes along with them. You embrace each moment of every day purposefully. You are conscious of the fresh air you breathe when you take a walk. You are the arrow on the big map in life's amusement park with the caption, I am here. I've personally gained so much from this contagious quality. Could I ever say no, I don't feel like taking a walk today? Today is the day I embrace the day we're here. Of course I feel like taking a walk. Adon Olam, your faith is remarkable. Your signature cash phrases, Hashem, Hashem, Ya Azor. God is going to help me. Look, Hashem is taking care of me. You see blessings in the hand of God in everything. That perspective is grounding and healthy and helpful. More than once waiting for an elevator at Sloan Kettering, after a completely cancer-filled day of delays and appointments and needles fishing for veins and side effects, you looked at me and said, This was a good day, you see. I told you, Hashem is taking care of me. Because there is a new treatment plan. Because we got next to... We got to the next milestone because there was no traffic, because we made it through the day. Your unflappable appreciation for a higher being and faith in the master plan without ever one time saying why me is extraordinary. In this way, you are the firmest person I know, but not with your head in the clouds in a profoundly real way, again with your clarity, having your affairs in order and not being in denial about the possibilities ahead, but also being hopeful and trusting that you will always be taken care of in my humble opinion, there is no more perfect balance. Shema Israel, the community. Your inner circle and outer community and your relationship to both are probably what define you most. Your people included a Supreme Court justice, a best-selling author, big people, best in class. Your work at Sharsharit serves as a model for the way any nonprofit should run. And under your leadership, Alana, an all-star army of professionals and volunteers demonstrate communal responsibility and compassion. Serving on a range of boards throughout the years has brought your unique brand of vision to countless causes, including school boards, first dissents, federal advisory committees, and more. So many have stepped up to the plate because of your example, and there are no excuses or shortcuts. CDC conference call during oral surgery? No problem. I still have that photo. Your inner circle, wow. Your talent for spotting good people has enabled you to attract an ironclad team of doting and dedicated friends that have become your family. Your relationship with Rabbi Baum is meaningful to you, for the rabbi and your boys, and the fact that he was one of the first people with whom you spoke during this latest health crisis is another demonstration of your deep commitment to your faith. You have like 20 people who are your really are your very closest friends, seriously adore you, vie for rachi time, and would do anything for you. I've had the privilege of getting to know you and your BFFs, and they are smart, insightful, unique, super cool. A dream team of legal, fashion, business, and friendship experts. And your family. I love watching you and Dahlia, fiercely protective of one another, with mutual love and appreciation that transcends a normal sibling relationship. Last year, we were taking a walk, and Dahlia drove past us in her van with a couple kids, and then did an abrupt U-turn. And I said, what is she doing here? And you said she's turning around to say hi, which she was, and you climbed into the car for one minute, just hug a niece or two. I'm not sure whose smile was more joyful. It probably wasn't noticeable to you, but I love that. Your boys, whoa, mature, grounded, wise kids. They are well beyond their years and sources of pride, which I know you cherish above all. Bert and Ernie are the, are the bee's knees. The wisdom and strength and tolerance and independence and self-worth that you've instilled in them are immeasurable. 
Modeling for Shlomo and David how to live a life of purpose is something they already appreciate. And it's clear when you look, and it's clear when they look at you and get it and truly feel how fortunate and super proud to have you as their mom. I've learned from you that living a life of purpose nurtures your soul. I love the stand out Sloan moments when you've been approached by women who have been touched by Sharsheret because it's been fun to watch you cause more of a stir than the Hollywood celebs we've spotted there because I'm proud of what you do for these women, but really also because of what they do for you. It's amazing to watch you come to life, the spark emerge like a physical and spiritual high, knowing you are adding value to others. The same way you get it together to cheerfully greet Shlomo when he FaceTimes you from Israel, even on hard days, your energy changing not because you're protecting him, but because loving your boys actually changes your energy. And as we always say, we're all given our unique lots in life, including gifts, talents, and challenges. And what's in our control is only what we do with that stuff. So I guess this was a long way of saying that what I admire so much about you is how you embrace your gifts and use them to navigate your challenges with purpose, strength, and bravery. That doesn't mean never getting scared or sad or frustrated because you are so deeply human, which is the best part. Now that I've written some of it down, it hardly seems like an adequate expression of how much better my world is because of you, but it's something. So here we are. That was the gist of my last note, the one to which you replied, and I'm so grateful I got to say those things to you and to hear your response. But the last two months have been such an intense journey, and I'm so not done talking to you, Rachi. So I need to add just a little bit now and about how your presence, perspective, and your people were such anchors for us. Your presence in the hospital went against all medical odds, vital signs, and statistics. And there you were, writing graphs and charts for the doctors when you couldn't speak, raising a pinky to a new nurse when you were too weak to shake her hand. Classic present Rachi. Rachi, whose life was painted in huge breaststrokes, who always fired on all six cylinders. Rachi, who blasted the radio and danced all the way home from the hospital. Rachi, who could hail a cab six seconds faster than me no matter what you'd been through that day. Rachi, who could solve any logistical nightmare with a perfect solution developed in 15 seconds who held people accountable and responsible and made sure that we were all producing our best work, colleagues, family, friends, physicians, we all wanted to be our best around you. Your faith didn't waver. You chose to spend precious hours with Rabbi Brown, Baum learning Shema and talking Torah in your final weeks. Yesterday when I picked up the sitter in your room to say Shema with you for one last time with Dahlia and Marnie, the bookmark was in the right page and your people are beyond. The goodness we've experienced in the last few months, the calls and texts and visits and food and support in every way is a clear reflection of you. As we sang in the hospital, look at the stars, how they shine you, for you and everything you do. Your parents and siblings love you so much, and Marnie and Adina and I thank them for sharing you completely. We learn so much from Dahlia's humility and respect for all human beings, and we will always appreciate and cherish that you welcomed us into your sisterhood. Rachi, I know this chapter of your story ended exactly as you wrote it. She dies peacefully in her beautiful bed, surrounded by the people she loves. But this is not how the story ends. We are still here for each other, for the boys. We will all feel your presence forever. You like to say that your story is not a sad story, that you were blessed with a great family, a great marriage, great kids, a great career, with Saralaya with so many blessings. But we are so, so sad. We miss you so painfully already. 
And now I go back to my original note, which ended like this. And finally, every night, when you text me thanks for today, I say right back, sometimes out loud to my phone, and sometimes in my head, thank you for today. I love you. <laughs> and that was um, the, the eulogy. Um, that has been given by Rachi's close friend Jennifer Miller earlier this week at her funeral. <sighs> no, I, I could get through it. Um, I feel privileged that I got to know Rachi in the, the short time that I did and got privileged to get her attention and her advice and that she saw in me something uh, worth giving to and advising and um, uh, I saw her energy. I'll miss her energy. Um, and I have a newfound purpose to uh, put into my life's work into growing Jew in the city. Um, we've had some challenges with fundraising, with our new initiative, Project Makom, some opposition, people not understanding. But um, what I will take from Rachi is um, even more of that attitude that uh, I, we won't be stopped. Um, we'll find a way to forge on. And, um, and I hope through um, her, the memory of, of who she was and how she lived, she can inspire many more people to, uh, to forge on with that same positive spirit. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week, same time, same place.